use the force, Luke. Let go, Luke. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to Does It Hold Up, the podcast where we talk about some of your favorite movies and decide if they still hold up to today's standards. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And what movie are we talking about this week? If you couldn't tell already, we are talking about 1977's Star Wars A New Hope. Wrong. We're talking about Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Make sure you say the whole movie title. You know... I don't subscribe to that. (laughs) Or basically, guys, here, we're doing Star Wars. Let's not kid ourselves. This movie is called Star Wars. It is not A New Hope. It is not Episode 4. It was just Star Wars. It was then retconned to this other god-awful name. (laughs) Okay, can we just talk about this name real quick? Yeah. I hate this name. Yeah. I hate, why are they episodes? It's not a TV show. Mm -hmm. It's dumb. And I hate the title A New Hope. What's The New Hope? The new hope for the rebellion. Is who? Luke. No, it's not. He is the new hope for a new generation of Jedi. Nobody even knows who he is. He's just some poor farmer boy. Yeah. He's not a hope. I hate the word hope in the Star Wars universe. (laughs) That's fair. You do hate that word. I hate it so much. They say it. Listen, I could write an entire Star Wars script and it doesn't matter what else is said. As long as you say the word hope at least once every like six lines i know it's always a joke that we're gonna make that into a drinking game but something i would say would probably end badly if we actually tried it because it does come up a lot i will die especially (laughs) like if we're gonna talk other star wars properties as well uh what's that rogue one Ooh, that was a lot they say hope every three words i would be (laughs) drunk two minutes into the movie it is not okay anyway this movie Yes. First time I ever saw this movie, I was a child and I was blown away by this movie. It looked so cool. It was like, listen, I grew up in the 90s. I was a child in the late 80s. I was a preteen, well, tens to preteens and stuff in the 90s. And 90s movie CGI and everything was god awful. Like, let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. It was when they started switching over from like hand drawn animation in movies to like, we're going to use computers and it's going to. It looks bad. And that's when they started getting away from more practical effects as well. They went to like, we don't need miniatures. We'll draw it in a computer. No, you won't. It doesn't look good. Stop doing it. I mean, you will, but it still won't look good. (laughs) Looking at you, Jurassic Park. Just kidding. Just, oh Uh God, she's giving me that look. Mm -hmm. No, Jurassic Park is fine. It's, those raptors are bad though. Go listen to our episode about Jurassic Park. If you want to hear me just bad mouth some of that CGI, it's pretty funny. (laughs) But yeah, so... I saw this movie and I was like, man, they're in space. It looks so good. How did they get space so good? And I'm a dumb kid at this point. I don't know how movies are actually made yet. Because <laughs> I think I saw this movie the first time when I was like seven, seven or eight. I was like, I don't, I don't know. But I watched it. I was blown away. What about you? I could not tell you the first time I watched this because it is a religion in my household. Growing up, my father watched it in theaters when it originally came out like multiple, 28,000 times. times. Yeah, he went and saw all of them. So we saw all of them, especially when like the prequels came out. I am not kidding you. I owned pretty much every single toy that there was to do with Star Wars. Sell them. They're probably worth a lot of money. They've been well used. Oh, <laughs> uh, then they are not. <laughs> So this is a, a love of mine. I own an Ewok toy. 
It's the only toy I own from Star Wars. I, in fact, am currently looking at several of my Lego pieces, which are Star Wars based. So, okay. So you've seen this movie probably more times than I have, which is going to be the first movie we've ever covered that you've seen. more. Well, no. Jurassic Park. And Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. And a few others. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. Maybe two. There's a few, mostly because you will watch something once and be done with it. I will Facts. watch it over and over and over and over again because I'm crazy. I don't even watch good movies over and over and over again. Like, I watch movies multiple times. Like, let's not kid ourselves. I say it every single episode or I'm like, I don't watch movies more than once. I do. Yeah. But it's usually just like in the background. I don't actually sit and watch it more than once. Or I caught it on TV and I watched it from like the halfway point to the end or something. Yeah. There's very few that I will actually sit down and purposefully hit play to watch again. And I am the opposite. It takes a lot for me to not put a movie on again. I know. It's so weird. It's so weird. And I, I don't understand it at all. But that's outside of everything to do with the movie we're going to talk about this week. Yes. Star Wars, episode four, A New Hope. God, <laughs> all right. Gotta get, hope, off the, gotta get off the name. I was going to say, let's hope there's never any more prequels because they can't go farther back than episode one. Yeah. What are we going to get? Episode zero? Episode negative two. <laughs> Just go backwards from there. Yeah. The day Anakin was born. <laughs> oh, great. All right, so this movie came out in 1977. We're talking about it in 2023. Star Wars itself, like you said, in your household has basically become a religion at this point. Mm -hmm. Nerds. Yeah, and darn proud of it. Nerds. No, I'm, I mean, I'm a nerd. I'm just not that kind of nerd. I like <laughs> I like the Star Wars franchise. Like, I'm a fan. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm... I'm not a big fan. Like, I can talk it. I know it because they're movies and I love movies. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a big fan of... The books, the comic books, the video games, the random guy who told you on the street corner this lore that somehow became canon five years later. <laughs> it is such a deep well of who gives a crap yeah. when it comes to this franchise. I luckily, I never got that bad. I know my family, both my father and my brother were so interested in Star Wars. They read so many of the novels and had the comics. I played a few games, but that was mostly like the pod racing game. <laughs> <laughs> you ready to, ready to go? You got anything else you want to open up with before we continue? No, I'm ready to hear how it succeeded in the theaters. Listen, we all know it's super succeeded in the theaters. Like it's not even a question. <laughs> That's why I'm saying. This Tell is me be, how much it su succeeded. This is going to be the easiest guessing you've ever done in your entire life. <laughs> so this movie had a budget of about $11 million domestically now this is just its original release it's been released multiple times in theaters but we're talking just the 1977 release mm -hmm. it made 307 million two hundred and sixty three thousand eight hundred and fifty seven dollars in its original release in 1977 dang that is, oh, that is oh almost 30 times its budget yeah yeah it didn't get an international release because we're talking about 1970s it yeah. got international releases since then. Of course, of course. But not back then, and we don't deal with other releases. Yeah. Do you want to know what it is adjusted for inflation in 2022 numbers? Uh, I, I can't wait. 1.44 billion. Ooh. That's just domestically. Yeah. Okay, so last year, or, you know, in 2022, Top Gun Maverick made 1.47 billion or something like that. I know it was 1.4 something billion mm -hmm. at the worldwide. I was going to say worldwide. Domestic yeah. and international. This movie would have made that just domestically. Right, I'm just going to take a wild guess. It was number one. It was. I didn't even, listen, this is how bad it is. I didn't even bother to write down what the other two movies were. What number two and number three is. I, uh, adjusted for inflation in 2022. Where do you think it ranks? 
Uh, I was going number one for that as well. Yeah. So right, moving on. Let's talk about those critics. What yeah. did they have to say about this movie? What do you think Raj gave it? Uh, three and a half stars. He gave it four stars, although he reviewed it in 1999. I did not find one for 1977. He had to say... George Lucas's space epic has colonized our imaginations, and it is hard to stand back and see it simply as a motion picture, because it has so completely become part of our memories. It's as goofy as a, as a children's tale, as shallow as an old Saturday afternoon serial, as corny as Kansas in August, and a masterpiece. Those who analyze its philosophy do so, I imagine, with a smile in their minds. May the force be with them. He loves this movie. Not to, uh... Not to rain on your little parade of Ebert stuff, but his 1977 review, he also gave it four stars. Oh, you did find it. January 1st, 1977. Here's his review. He also gave it four stars. And uh, every once in a while, I have what I think is an out-of-body experience at a movie. When the ESP people use a phrase like that, they're referring to the sensation of the mind actually leaving the body and spiriting itself off to China or Peoria or a galaxy far, far away. When I use the phrase, I simply mean that my imagination is forgotten. It is actually present in a movie theater and thinks it's up there on the screen. That's how much he loved it. That's his opening. It was a phenomena. It kind of still is. It, yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's talk about why it's still such... I was going to say, Rotten Tomatoes, critics have it at a 93 and audience at a 96, so... The fact that it's not 100% blows my mind. Well... Or 99% even. Yeah, neither one at that point. Yeah. All right. And they didn't have cinema score back then, so it doesn't really no. matter. No, they okay. did not. So we're doing something a little bit di- different this week. And because this is a religion in Emily's household, Emily is going to guide us on the journey to Star Wars, episode four. We open with the title crawl. Okay, pause. <laughs> <laughs> who thought the title crawl was a good who still thinks the title crawl is a good idea to be honest it makes very little sense when this is your first movie i feel like it makes more sense when it's like oh okay we need to catch you up on like what happened in the meantime but it's like this is your first movie and you have to give me a freaking novel at the beginning to get into what your world is like yeah. there's no world building before this it's just like here's some things that are happening good luck it's it's a previously on without anything previously to have seen yeah it bothers the hell out of me but not only that so going through film school well something we are taught and we are told a mm-hmm. million times is we show Don't we tell. do not tell yeah and this movie's like you want to know what we're gonna do we're just gonna regurgitate a million words at you right at the beginning. Hopefully you saw them all and yeah. understood them all because we're not going to actually reference them again. We're just going to go right into the story. Yeah. I hate the opening crawl. I hate that they continued to do it in every movie since. I am not as angry about it with the subsequent movies, but to know that you have to do a full world build on this area, there's so much lore that comes with this movie. Well, probably now more so than later. Yeah. You know, back then, I mean, I would have liked to have seen what the title crawl was about instead of just getting a title crawl. <laughs> yeah. It's almost a more interesting movie. Yeah. And they tried to do it with, you know, Rogue One, but. But less said about that movie, the better. Hey, I enjoy that one. I know you did. <laughs> it's better than some other Star Wars movies. I'll, I'll give you that. So we immediately go from the long exposition dump to seeing a grand spaceship coming down and we're getting to see the siege of a smaller ship basically leia's ship to get the plans to get the plans 
And might I say, those miniatures still look good. Oh, dude, one of my notes in here is space still looks awesome. Yes, it does. You can definitely now tell it's a miniature. But... Well, you can tell it's a miniature and you can tell that they kind of touched it up a little in post mm-hmm. now. Because, okay, pause. Here's something to talk about real quick. Screw you, George Lucas. <laughs> Some of us would like to watch the original version from 1977. Yeah. But your lame ass has decided they weren't good enough for public consumption anymore, even though we just talked about how it made $300 million freaking in 1977. And you've completely wiped them from the planet. So if you own a copy, good for you. But if you're going to stream this movie, buy this movie, see this movie on TV, anything nowadays, you got to watch the absolutely terrible re-releases from the late 90s where he updates all the CGI and adds a bunch of unnecessary bullshit. It is really bad, but we'll get to that. We will definitely get to that. But that's the problem is space looks so good, but you can tell where they touched it up and Mm -hmm. you're like, come on, man, just... Let me see the miniatures the way I was supposed to see them. Yeah. <sighs> Continue. But it's it's kind of interesting because we go straight into action. We get this long ass exposition dump and then we're straight into action of literally blaster fire and chaos. And it's almost jarring, but it's so interesting to watch. It really drags you into the story. Yeah. Facts. And I am once again astounded by the amount of effort they put into this movie on such things as like the droids, them being all scuffed up and not perfect. And it just- That's because it was made with junkyard stuff. It just came like that. They didn't do it. It just came They like had that. to paint it at least. No, it, it looked, they all look really yeah, cool. Yeah, they do. They do. But yes, the whole opening being like action is is really cool and really necessary because I just sat for 30 minutes reading a crawl. <laughs> So if they would have just kept talking, I would have been even more pissed. But no, they do get in action and it looks really good. The problem is, does it look good because it's updated or did it even look good back then? Because the blaster fire looks awesome. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's touched up. It might be touched up, but it, I remember it looking awesome back then too. So yeah, you were they've a child. just updated it a little. <laughs> no, it, it, it is cool. And this is where we are introduced to Princess Leia mm-hmm. and the antagonist. Of the early franchise, one of them anyway. Yeah. Darth Vader. Whose costume looks really like homemade in this version. Oh, it's like, awful. It, it's really bad. Like stuff is like pulling away from him. Everything looks so weird and it's like, oh. You can tell his chest plate is just a vest because it like <laughs> shifts around him as he moves. It doesn't actually look like it's yeah. stuck to him. It's just like a piece he's wearing. You can see his helmet <laughs> is almost like pla- the plastic one you bought. And it was I could like, dent it with a wiffle bat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, continue. But we're introduced really quickly to some heavy hitters of the story. Like and Leia. Like played Leia. by the late and great Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. If you've only ever seen her in these, I advise you to go check her out in a lot of other things. But also look at the things that she's written. After this became a screenwriter for a lot of things. She did a lot of like ghost writing where she would come in and like punch up a script. Things like Hook. Yeah, she helped write that. Yeah, with well, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, she came in and punched up that script yeah. uncredited. But that's how she went and made a living when she wasn't acting. Was she did script writing and producing, and damn, she was good at it. Should also just go check out like old interviews with her because she is the epitome of a badass woman. <laughs> where she took <laughs> yeah. no crap from no one, yeah. and it was it's just amazing. Anyway, I, I so, mean, yeah. you you have to be becoming basically the sex symbol of a generation. 
I mean, absolutely. Second movie, Bikini. <laughs> yep. That was everybody's poster for the longest time. A lot of men found themselves during that movie. So <laughs> I'm just saying she she was hot, though. Yeah. She is not hot with those buns, though. The buns are kind of weird. I will I, admit it. I can't deal with those. I've legitimately tried to do my hair in buns and I've had long, long hair. I can't do it. it I, I don't have enough. You have to have like extra stuff. I, have cur- I currently have semi-long hair. Should I put them in buns? I don't think you'll be able to. It'll, it'll look like little floppy. Yeah, that's fine. Ears on the yeah. sides of your head. Yeah. yeah. At least I tried it. <laughs> but yeah, so we're introduced to her. We're also introduced to Darth Vader, played by some tall white guy that nobody ever remembers because all people remember is the voice. Well, because yeah. we never see Vader. Vader is in an entire outfit, covered head to toe, helmet, boots, everything, and just has this like amazing voice. Mm-hmm. And we all know who that is because we've heard him in so many things since, like every Star Wars property ever, but he was also the voice of Mufasa from 1994's The Lion King oh, so and good. Mufasa in 2019's The Lion King. He's so good. They the only recast re- him. Yep, the only returning voice for that movie, but that is the great James Earl Jones. Oh, honestly, without that voice, I don't think this character would be as menacing because you watch how he is in that. He just kind of walks around. He almost is like a lackey to some of the higher ups on the space station. And yet he still strikes fear into you. Time out. Did you just call Darth Vader a lackey? In this movie, he does a lot of lacking. I mean, he fakes being a lackey for sure. Sure. But he's not a lackey. He doesn't do lackeying. Yeah, but if you only saw this movie, would you know he was in charge at all? Because you definitely have... Tarkin bossing him around. Dude, he chokes a lot of fools out. I don't see Tarkin choking anybody out. Yeah, but he Tarkin gets him to stop choking fools out. Well, yeah, just because he knows he needs people. Trust me, Tarkin is is scared. You can see it in his eyes. Mm. He's not in charge, and he knows he's not in charge. He knows if Vader wanted to, he'd snap him in half like a twig. Mm. There's no, no, come on. Really? Yeah, it was no, weird see, this watching. I never got that. I never got that. I I got that maybe there was somebody above him, but he was more that guy that listened to other people, but whatever he wanted to do, he would just do. Yeah. I never got that feeling that somebody else, especially Tarkin, pulled the strings. Ah, I saw it a little differently this time and it was weird. I didn't like it. (laughs) Okay. Knowing where he goes from here and where he came from, I understand, but... Yeah. If you only watched this movie, you might think he was not the one in charge. Maybe. Then we also get introduced to who? C-3PO and R2-D2. Yes. Played by, oh my God, what is his name? Daniels. Anthony Daniels yes. for C-3PO. And then Kenny Baker for R2-D2. Yeah. Well, we all know Kenny Baker. Anthony Daniels for C-3PO, who's just a man in a suit. Yeah. There's no CGI happening with that, which is cool. And Kenny Baker is a little person who mm. was also just inside of a suit. Our mainstays. I think they're the only characters that are in every single movie so far. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They have appeared in all nine films. Yeah. Not the spinoff stuff of Rogue One. And uh, well, actually, they are in Rogue One. But <laughs> at the very end, yes. spoilers, I guess. Uh, For like a 10 year But not in movie. Solo. They're not solo? I don't believe so. I only I, saw that movie once because it was not good. I think I've seen it twice and I still don't remember them in it. Yeah, but okay. tell me if I'm wrong. But we get introduced to them and they jettison off the ship with some plans that Leia gave them right before she's captured. And they end up on Tatooine. Good old Tatooine. 
the place that we can never get away from no. in the Star Wars universe. Everything happens around that. And this is where we meet Luke and Ben. Okay, here's my here's my initial reactions. So I thought this way the first time I saw this movie, and I think about it every time I see this movie. Luke is a bitch. I don't <laughs> like Luke. Mm-hmm. Luke is one of the worst protagonists ever put on film. He is so whiny. He is so whiny. But he's also just, he's dumb. He's yeah. whiny. He doesn't do anything. Nothing he does, it's always somebody else, like, pushing him or actually doing it. He is so, especially in this movie, a bystander in his own story. Yeah. I do not like Luke. So one of the things I noticed watching this time around is the only reason the Empire is taken down is by luck. Well, yeah. Sheer dumb luck that they happen to be above Tatooine, that they happen to get picked up by the Jawas, that they happen to get sold to Luke. But I can tell you, who knows it's not, Ben? It's not luck. He doesn't know Ben. He kind of knows Ben. He knows Ben. He knows of Ben. Yes. But it's not luck. It's the Force. Oh. You want to know why? Because hmm. the Force is an ex machina, and it can literally do whatever it needs to do, do to make sure that the story progresses the way that it needs to progress. True. So I'm I just saying. chalk everything up that makes zero logical sense <laughs> is just the Force. Basically, this is the same excuse as any magical movie it's magic it's magic it's just magic but luke is played by the wonderful mark hamill yes who this is obviously not my favorite mark hamill performance ever (laughs) my actual favorite mark hamill performance you know it you should know it joker you're right from the 1992 batman the animated series he plays the voice of the joker he also was the voice of the joker in video games the entire arkham knight series a couple of the animated movies a couple of the animated movies as well he's dead by far he is fantastic he is also i believe uncle iroh in avatar the last airbender like the whole show yeah no he's not I mean, he only really shows up. You keep talking, I'm going to look that up. But basically, we're introduced to Luke, and he's a whiny little baby who doesn't even bring the droids to Uncle Ben, or not Uncle Ben, sorry, to Ben Kenobi. Yeah, we'll just call him Uncle Ben, that's fine. (laughs) Anyway, they they go to see him. R2-D2 is like, yeah, I'm out, peace. I'm going to do my own thing. He is one of the most, like, those two robots are some of the most sassy characters I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, because they're the only ones that are given actual characters. Yes. We'll jump over a few bits here because you guys all know know this story. story. Basically, we find out, you know, oh, you're you're supposed to be a Jedi. Luke, you have the force. Here, look at this lightsaber. Don't make make sure it doesn't hit you in the eyeball. You look straight into it. Dude, I would have that would have been the best movie ever. A plus 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 (laughs) plus. If while he's messing around with his lightsaber, it just goes on and just like pierces him. Yeah. Yeah, best movie ever right there. They go back home to find out Uncle Owen and Peru have been murdered. Ugh. So he can go with Ben on his journey to Alderaan, which is Leia's home planet, to bring those plants to that to the resistance. Take down the Empire. So he was not... So I just found it. We're going to pause for a second. He was not Iroh. Oh, I'm sorry. He was... Phoenix King Ozai, Fire Lord Ozai, same person, additional voices. Yeah. So, yeah. Wrong voice. I'm like, Right show, wrong voice. So I was looking through his filmography real quick and oh my good Lord, there he is in everything you've ever watched. He's probably done a voice in it. Yeah. I mean, he was in Futurama Mm -hmm. as the Hanukkah zombie. (laughs) The hell? Why not? Yeah. Okay. That makes perfect sense. He's in the Batman stuff. He's in the Boondocks. We need the poo stuff. Like, it's amazing. Weird. Very. Anyway, 
All right, so continue. And this is where we meet the last real people that we actually have to meet in the story of Han and Chewie. As they try to get off Tatooine, Did we not talk about Sir Alec Guinness yet as Obi-Wan slash Ben Kenobi? Said we meet him. Yeah, we meet him. He was Lord Vader's... Darth Vader's master when they were going to be a Jedi, but you don't really know this. You don't actually don't find this out at all in this movie. That's the problem with this movie. You do. He talks about it when they go to see him when he first. Oh, he goes does. To he says, house. "I feel him. It's my old master." He does say that. Well, Ben actually says it too. I don't care what Ben says. Oh, okay. I only care what Vader says. Oh, why? He's the only character that matters in this whole thing. All right. I'm a Sith. Deal with it. <laughs> anyway, so. But played by Alec Guinness, who only took this role for the money and thought it was absolute garbage and didn't understand why any of it happened (laughs) until later in life when he was just paid a whole butt ton of money and was like, oh, yeah, cool. I love Star Wars now. I actually found it interesting rewatching it for this one um, because I can see the mannerisms that Ewan McGregor did for the earlier ones in this one. Like he really studied to have this character down. He's a fantastic actor. So yeah. So I see a whole bunch of just mannerisms that this guy, Alec Guinness, did for this character and it blew up into a much larger character for the younger version of him. Absolutely. Young Obi-Wan is heartthrob central that people just absolutely stand for. It's amazing. So yes, so we met him. Now we're going to meet the last people that we're going to meet. Han and Chewie, played by Harrison Ford, because you just, if you can get Harrison Ford, you put Harrison Ford in things. This is one of his early roles as Han Solo. And then we get Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca that we never get to see because he's just in a big dog suit. You get to see his eyes. That's fair. That's more than the other ones can talk about. (laughs) Uh, It's very fair. I like Chewie. I like Peter Mayhew as Chewie. Yeah. He feels otherworldly. He doesn't feel human at all. Like he has Mm -hmm. some human characteristics, but then there's always animal. There's always something. And I think it's one of the most underrated performances in all of Star Wars that people don't talk enough about. Oh, clearly he is able to portray so much without being able to say a word that we would understand. Like everyone else has to interpret and respond to him and we don't get to know what he says. And yet he's so expressive, even under all that makeup and that costuming. Yeah. Like you can know almost exactly what he's thinking. It's and amazing. that is impressive. Yeah. What, is he is he one of the MVPs of this movie? Probably. Of the whole franchise? Of the, of the whole franchise, definitely. They kind of sorely underuse him in this movie. They do, but they definitely make up for it in later movies. True. They start using him a lot more. And then, yes, we have Harrison Ford as Han Solo, who's just like the epitome of cool. I was going to say, the ultimate but, dream boat. But I got to say, here's one of the notes that I wrote down in watching this entire thing is Han's a dick. And he's yeah. not likable at all. No. I'm not sure how he became like the epitome of cool and why everybody wanted to be like him. He sucks. He's the anti-hero. But he's not even anti-hero because... He's only a hero at the end because he'll get a reward for it. Yeah, because he'll get a reward. That's not a hero. It's, it's a whole idea of like girls just want jerks. They wow. they want someone suave and cool, especially if you're going to have a really whiny baby as your protagonist. So they got lucky with Harrison Ford taking that role because the character itself is not suave, not cool, and he's kind of a baby. Yeah. I'm not going to help you unless I get money. Shut up. Just I mean, shut up. That's what a lot of people Yeah, but do. you've already you've you've already agreed. You're literally here already. 
<laughs> Shut up about the money. We get it. Anyway, continue. My question, as always, and I think they've tried to retcon this other places, is why did the two guys in the bar, why did they attack Luke? I remember like them trying to explain it in some other property, and I just have no idea. I think because he bumped into them or something outside, so mm. he was like, I'm going to attack you now. Yeah. Weak I, sauce, just really wanted to show off a lightsaber. Of all the things for George Lucas to have changed or quote unquote fix, why didn't he fix the blood stain that came from that guy's arm? A lightsaber is supposed to be so hot it cauterizes you as you go through. You wanna you wanna go you wanna go into this already? You wanna talk lightsaber stuff already? I wanna know. Lightsabers are one of the worst things in this movie. <laughs> the idea of a lightsaber is so idiotic. It makes so very little sense. No, it is a light sword that can cut through everything except only when the story calls for it. Mm -hmm. Because they seriously cut dudes up, but they don't actually cut dudes up. They just kind of like hit them like a baseball bat. And they just like knock them over. I was gonna say, to be fair, we've only get to see them used twice in the movie. Yeah, and one time is awful. <laughs> one time with Darth <laughs> Little Vader. Little pokey sticks. <laughs> yeah. And so one of my one of my least favorite things in this whole movie is we talked about the added CGI. Mm -hmm. But if you if you can watch the original and even in this the deluxe edition, the the remastered, re-edited, whatever edition, the lightsabers look terrible. They are so uneven during that fight mm -hmm. they are like super thick at the bottom and they come to this little ass point at the top <laughs> and they f sway and they flux and they they are so bad in this movie it is near impossible to think they actually exist it takes me out of the scene every time obi-wan and darth vader are fighting because i'm like first of all this fight is absolute garbage <laughs> we're just gonna walk in a circle and kind of tap tips <laughs> It's a pokey battle. You get, you just gotta poke. Yeah. Poke, poke. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. <laughs> I'm not touching you. Yeah, yeah. It's so... And I, some people have tried to excuse it by saying, well, they knew each other and they had respect so they didn't want to go all out. Shut up. Nah. And they just couldn't. You had two old dudes or one young dude in a giant suit and one really old dude trying to fight. It was never going to be good. Yeah. But the lightsabers all look terrible. And throughout the entire series of Star Wars, every piece of property, they make no sense whatsoever. Yeah. They are one of the coolest and worst pieces of weaponry ever created on, in, in a film. Yeah. I hate them and I love them and I want one. All at the same time. Yep. Yep. Okay. Just had to get that out of the way since we were talking about them. So they aboard the Millennium Falcon and they're going to Alderaan, which as they are traveling to it, gets blown up by the Death Star. Yeah, because Darth Vader's like, hey, Princess Leia, you give me those plans you stole or I'll blow up your planet. Tell me where the rubble base is. And then she's like, no. And he's like, fine. And blows up her planet. Yeah. Really? I'm sorry. This is just another thing that bothers me. I get it. There's like a whole, she's a, she's a rebel leader. She's like trying to fight against them and all that. It's an entire planet of people. Well, they wanted to show the uh, power of the Death Star. Oh, no, no. That's fine. The bad guys should blow up planets. Yeah. Leia should have never let that happen. How could she have stopped it? She tried to give up the rebel base, even though she gave him the wrong information. Because she, he knew it was the wrong information. <laughs> Are you serious? But they got to try it anyway. And it's known rebels are leading that planet. But she's, she's the just, princess of that planet. But she's just so apathetic about it. Like, I know she cries and whatever, but it's like she barely so, tries to save this planet. Yeah. This is one of the things that I actually found an aggravating about this movie is that it likes to flip by things. So we don't get to spend time with her 
and this loss. It immediately goes, no, don't do it. Boom. There's Luke. He's practicing with a lightsaber. <laughs> and it's like, you don't give these weighted moments time to settle and let people like act through it. I mean, yeah. we gave more time to Luke looking at Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. We gave more time to Blue Milk. We did. Than we did to her reaction to her planet being eviscerated. Yeah. I know. It's embarrassing. One of my notes is that the pacing in this movie is is wonky as hell. Oh, yeah. It, it doesn't know if it's coming or going up or down, left or right. It has no freaking clue what it's doing. Mm -hmm. It is at this moment when, you know, they, they find out that Alderaan's been destroyed. They're pulled into the Death Star and they hide in the Millennium Falcon so that they can disarm the tractor beam so they can get away only to find out that the princess is there and they have to go save her. Yep. Talk about that. Uh, so <laughs> they put on stormtrooper suits and they go sneak their way through. And we actually, this is actually one of the best parts of the movie when they're having to be stealthy and sneak mm -hmm. through and then things are going wrong. And then we get to see Leia kind of be a badass too. And then they fall into a trash compactor, yep. which is a really interesting scene. So like a lot of stuff happens right here, which is yeah. good because nothing's happened for the last hour of the movie. Yep. And then a lot of stuff all at once. But they do rescue the princess, which is what Hans set out to do, kind of. He just, yeah, he set out to get them to Alderaan well, so he could be paid. Yes, but then he has to get the princess to be paid. To be paid more because oh, she's a princess. True. So they save her, get her off the ship, and the story goes on. Yeah. Once again, they only survive by the Empire underestimating droids. Yep. Yeah. They let the droids out for no reason. So they get, uh, they escape. Then what? Then they go to the um they have to fight their way out basically and you get some shooty shooty battle in the sky and that one's kind of cool yeah it's fine one thing i noticed is i would definitely get motion sick in one of those things in the nah. little things that move around to shoot nah you don't be fine. get cocky kid yeah no you'd be fine they find the rebels they start planning to attack and then they attack they gotta blow up the death star which is yes. the machine that blew up alderaan which is like this all-powerful weapon but it has one weakness an air vent that goes right to their main reactor and it's only like a womp rat sized but then we get another so after another good 20 minutes of everybody just talking about blah 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 we get a sky battle mm -hmm. and it's all the red team going up against the blue team no I'm kidding <laughs> it's the red team going up against the empire red and gold leaders yeah the gold leaders don't do crap it's true they're the bombers and they kind of get you know destroyed right away so they're going through and they're trying to blow stuff up and everybody keeps missing and missing. And then Luke has to do it because Luke has the force. And uh, ghost voice of Obi. It's like, use the force, Luke. All this time, Vader is trying to shoot him out of the sky. Yeah. Vader. Okay. So now like we always laugh at the clone troopers not being able to, the stormtroopers not being able to do anything. Mm. Vader can't do crap either. I mean, he destroys like, quite a few of those characters. Oh, but as soon as it comes to Luke, dude, the troopers also kill people as long as it's not the main people. Well, Luke wasn't there until like the end. He was flying around, doing whatever. Oh, was Vader and then tired? he just got him into his sights when lo and behold, you have the Millennium Falcon come back because even though he's a terrible human being, he decided to come back. He's a nerf herder. We haven't gotten there yet. That's well, I know that's in another movie, but it doesn't matter. He's a nerf herder. It's fair. Yeah. He uh, he initially said he wasn't going to come back. He got his money. He was going out. Who comes to save the day? 
Chewie. Chewie. Because you know Han didn't make that decision. <laughs> Chewie convinced him. Chewie looked at him sternly, gave him a stern look, you know, and was just like, hmm. And Han tried to play it off like, nah, Chewie, we're not going back. And Chewie just looked at him more and Han went, damn, you're right. Yeah. He, and ga- they he gave him a Paddington hard stare. Yes. He gave him a Paddington hard stare. And you know how much I love Paddington. Yeah. So anytime we can get a Paddington hard stare in anything, I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, so they go back, they save the day. Woo! They all get medals. End of movie. I am so confused on why those two got medals and no one else. Because reasons. Movie said so. Because Alderaan was blown up, so all their money's gone. That's the only two medals they had left. <laughs> they were just like, I don't know. They there probably was took two them other from somebody ships else. That, you know. Wait, I don't made care about away. the two other ships. Chewie doesn't get a medal. Truth. He was in the Millennium Falcon. He was probably the one shooting and helping <laughs> while Han was flying. Yeah, but he can't speak, so. He speaks. We just don't understand it. Uh-huh. But he speaks. Yep. I'm surprised he didn't just like pick somebody up and break them in half. <laughs> He's like, this is my metal now. And just like bent him into right. a circle around his neck. Just picks up Luke and flicks him away and puts his metal on. That would have been a much better this ending. Is, this is one of the quickest endings ever. Seriously. It's like battle, 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 end. What? What just happened? Yeah. They were battling. They got a medal and the movie's over. There's mm-hmm. no like wrap up to anything. There's no, we haven't touched upon this yet. Now's the perfect time. This was never meant to be a series. Mm-hmm. This was a one and done movie until it went gangbusters and then they continued the story. And yet they set up a perfect sequel baiting. They did. With Vader being blown off into space. They did. But if this was supposed to be a one and done and that is what you ended on? Yeah. Okay. Side note. <laughs> George Lucas. Everybody looks at this man as if he is God when it comes to filmmaking. He is one of the worst filmmakers I have ever had the displeasure of watching in my entire life. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, I would. I said one of. Okay, that's fair. I didn't say he was. Trust me, I've seen worse, but not many. (laughs) Dude doesn't know story. He doesn't know action. He doesn't know character development. He doesn't know pacing. Yeah. He can't edit to save his life either. He has no idea what to leave on the cutting room floor and what to leave in the movie or how to let scenes settle. Mm -hmm. We talked about it. We don't get to see Leia react to her planet being blown up because he cuts away so damn fast. You want to know why? Because he probably just cut the camera because he doesn't understand that. Let the moment sit and get some reaction and some realness. But we definitely needed like five minutes of Luke being sad over Obi stuff. Yep. He's just gone. And he also wrote this movie and come on guys. I know Star Wars is the biggest property in the history of properties but this story in this movie is not good it is only saved by the fact that there are additional movies and outside canon i actually had that as one of my questions okay let's let's we'll skip past we'll finish up we're done talking about the movie let's go right into questions sure okay i'll bring up that question first then uh do you think the continued expansion of the universe help or hurt the original movies both can i say both Yeah. I think it's gone too far where it hurts everything because as somebody who, I read books. I don't read a lot of books. I read one book a month in my book club, but I don't read a lot of books. Mm -hmm. I don't read any Star Wars books. I'm a movie guy. I like movies. The fact that I have to read books to understand certain things or to get references 
is a huge problem. This is, and I understand that because I'm a comic book guy. So I watch the Marvel movies, the DC movies, and I'm like, <laughs> and you sit there and you go, I don't, I don't get it. And I'm like, oh, it's a comic book thing. You know, so I understand that how the, the greater world outside of the movie can change things. Mm -hmm. So as a fan of the movies, but not of the extra lore, it hurts it. But at the same time, there's so many cool theories floating around. You and I talk about theories all the time when it comes to Star Wars. Yeah. Who's going to be a gray? What is this person doing? Oh my God, does that power exist with the force? We talk about it all the time. And that's where it helps it. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm in two camps on this. What about you? I'm, I'm both. Like, you needed a lot of the extra stuff to make any of this make sense. Because watching this and just trying to look at it through the focus of just this movie can be a little like, well, what? But once you add in the other lore and the other movies and everything, it kind of makes more sense. And they retconned a whole bunch of stuff. So now it makes sense where it didn't before. But at the same point, I, I do agree. If you haven't seen the animated Clone Wars show, you don't get half of the stuff that's happening now. And it's like, yep. I don't, I don't want to watch nine seasons of a TV show to understand this movie reference. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You got more questions? Oh, yeah. Go. Is this uh, iconic costuming? Absolutely not. Really? There's only one iconic costume in this entire movie, and it's Vader. Oh, you don't even think it's Leia? No. Because that was a major costume. It was a major weird. costume. Do I think it's iconic? No. I think it over the years, people have put that connotation on it. But it's nothing special. It's a white dress. And the buns. I don't, but that's that's hair and makeup. That's not costuming. It's just Vader's. Because everybody else's is just... Luke is just wearing a gi, pretty much. Leia's in a white dress and Han's wearing a vest. Vader's the only one that, like, you see it and you're like, damn, that's cool. Did the music make this movie? All right, John Williams makes every movie that he participates in. What I'm meaning is, would this movie have been as impactful without that music? I know exactly what you meant. John Williams makes every movie he participates in. John Williams scores 98% of the time are better than the movie. Yeah. But that's not saying the movies are bad. It's just his scores are that amazing that a B plus movie becomes an A plus movie when his score is on it. So yes, his score for this movie, you want to talk about iconic, it's iconic. Yes, it Everybody is. Everybody knows it. And I mean, dude based his entire career off of it and went on to do, well, win a bunch of awards, Oscars out the ass and make some of the best movie music of all time. And it basically started here. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm... I'm... I had that note because right away, the first time you see Luke looking at the two sons on Tatooine and his music begins, it's just like chills. So good. Absolutely. If Leia knew they were being tracked, why did she take them to their base? Because she's dumb. They didn't like switch ships. Because George Lucas is a terrible writer and didn't know how to continue this story. So he just did that. Fair. And last one that I have question wise, was Han doing the may the force be with you a sign of respect? Absolutely not. Oh, I saw it as a sign of respect because it's right before they go out to do that battle and he takes a moment. He says a deadpan seriously. He does. He doesn't care about it. He doesn't care at all, but he knows it's important to Luke. So he's going to say it to Luke just for shits and giggles because it's going to get Luke in the right mindset. Eh. It's like sitting there he saying- He didn't need to do anything. He was leaving. It's like sitting there saying, oh, you're the best player on the team when clearly you're like the worst player on the team. You're just hyping that person up. It was a hype up. Mm. It's not a sign of respect. He doesn't mm. care about that. I will disagree. Well, you would be in your right to do so. <laughs> All right. So I have questions. Pardon my language for just one second. What the fuck is the force? Magic. I hate the force. 
Oh, deal. I don't hate it. I shouldn't say I hate it. I like the concept of the Force, but the Force is so inconsistent and makes no sense. And they give no clarification on what this supernatural power is and what it can do in this movie. It bothers me so much. Obi-Wan is on the ship and Vader can't sense him. He kind of senses him and then he does find him. But if you can find Obi-Wan, why can't you find your own damn son? Yeah. How come Obi-Wan at one point when Alderaan gets blown up, he goes, oh, I feel a disturbance in the force. You felt it? Mm-hmm. You felt it, but you can't feel anything else. Why is the force only capable of doing things when the script calls for it? It bothers me. Yeah. It makes no sense whatsoever. Here, here's my final question. Why does George Lucas suck? Many reasons. Many, many, many reasons. He's awful. He, he got very lucky that people glommed onto this, that he had the right people at the right time to make this movie because it on its surface is not a good story. No, no, it is not. So let's talk about George Lucas again real quick because he wrote and directed this movie. Do you know this is the only movie he directed of the original series? He didn't direct episode five or six, but he did come back and direct all three of the prequels, which are god awful. Shush. I will not shush. They are bad. I will take my prequels and leave. Thank you very much. It's one of those things where he set up a cool idea, I guess, and then let other people, because episode five and six are a thousand times better than episode four. Yeah. Both of them. There's some wonky stuff in both, but they're better than this. It's like he set up the idea and he let other people run with it. And then he came back and crushed his own idea until other people came and resurrected it again. Yeah. This man needs to stay away from film. He needs to be the idea man. And that's it. Call your best friend, Steven Spielberg, and tell him the idea so that he can actually make a good movie out of it. Like Indiana Jones. I honestly don't know that Spielberg would have done great with this one. Are you serious right now? Uh, he's my favorite director and I just, I don't know. Are you, are you serious right now? It's a little too fantastical. We, we've we agreed that he does well with basic premises that have a slight fantasy element to this it. This does have a slight fantasy element to it. It's about a farm boy discovering who he is. In space. Yeah, the space doesn't matter though. lightsabers and magic. Yeah, he probably would have made the lightsabers look better. Well, that's fair. All right, anyway... Nits? You got nits? I, I went through all of mine, I got except nits. for one. Oh, okay, go with your Sorry. one. Sorry. The uh, hold your fire, there's no life forms on that ship when uh, the it's droids get jettisoned away. Do you pay by the laser? Like, yeah. Why, why not? Just shoot it down. Yeah. Why is it escaping in the first place if there's nothing on it? Yeah. Was well, it a malfunction? He said, oh, it could be a malfunction. Shoot it. The whole could movie. Could be, or it could also be something else. Or it could also be droids or something. Shoot it. Yeah. Whole movie ends if you just shoot that pod. Yeah. Two minutes into the movie. Done. Same. Sheer dumb luck. Yeah, that's this that's how the luck. Empire goes down. Just like Lucas's luck in real life, this movie's <laughs> luck. All right, here's my nits. There's sound in space. There's no sound in space. This movie ruined what people thought space was like. There is no sound in space. Yeah. No, none of that exists. Would it have been as interesting? Yes, for me anyway, but I like space. It would have been cool. I would have been like, oh, that's kind of realistic in space. This feels like really space. Did they know it at the time? There's Yes. Uh, Everything to do with them traveling faster than the speed of light bothers me. Well, that's a you thing. Man, that is a mean thing. Again, these are my nits. These aren't your nits. Fair. And it's a very small galaxy. For the fact that it takes place in a galaxy far, far away, they lied to me. It takes place in two planets far, far away. With a uh, slight detour to destroy another. What two planets are you talking about? Talk about Tatooine and Alderaan. Oh, sorry. The other one's a moon. Yeah, it's a moon. That doesn't count. That's not a planet. Mm. They have to go around the planet, though. I guess. 
I don't know. It's just, and this is a problem with Star Wars just in general. It always comes back to the same place. It is the smallest galaxy ever. I mean, it makes sense though that you would station one of Vader's kids on a planet he would never return to. Why? Why would you want him to find them? He's never going to go back to Tatooine if he can choose not to. Every other time he does the thing himself. He doesn't just send troops out to do it. Well, then he's dumb. Why wouldn't you check the one place that people think you would never go to? Well, he also didn't know they existed, so. Yeah, because he sucks. Yeah. He can't use the force anytime that he actually needs to use it. <laughs> hot takes? I, I didn't even think of doing one. My hot take is very hot take. J.J. Abrams, Star Wars, Episode 7, The Force Awakens, is better than this movie. Oof. By a country mile. Okay. It's better. It's better. It's better in every way. The visuals are better. The story's better. Character development is better. That's fair. There's actually some character development. And everybody who hates on it is just mad because they know it's better than the original and they can't handle it. Oh, well, yeah. And it just feels like a remake. I mean, it's not a remake, though. There's enough changes in it, but it does touch upon the major beats of the first one because it's getting a brand new generation of Star Wars fans. And yeah. it's better in every way. It's better in every possible way. Awards? Yeah. All right, let's finish this up. First up is our psycho shower scene for your favorite scene in the movie. Mine is the trash compactor scene. Mm. I think it is a lot of fun. You get some great banter. The visuals are fantastic. The whole set design in that moment is really good. Each character kind of stands out in that moment. And just the whole idea of having to escape a battle by going through trash, but by doing so, you get almost into another battle is just like really cool. Yeah. Plus the idea of a trash monster. Awesome. Mine is honestly Luke making the shot after trusting the force. It uh. is. It, it's that moment of like, trust the force, Luke. And he does. And it works. And it's a great moment. And I like the bombs going into the hole. I don't know why, but the visual of that looks oh really good God. to me. <laughs> okay. It is your choice. Yep. Yes. Next up is the life uh, finds a way. Award. For your favorite line in the movie, what do you got? I have Han's quote of... Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, it had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? It is so funny. It makes me laugh every time that it comes up, even though however many times I've listened to this or watched this movie. And it's just, it's so great because he does it. And looks like, oh my god, why did I just say that? It's so realistic. Yeah, it's a great, great character moment. It's one of the moments where Han actually is kind of cool because he's so uncool in that moment. Mm -hmm. But then I like how he just shoots the console afterwards. It's like, yep, not, just, not coming back from that. Yeah, he starts realizing how downhill this conversation is going and they're not going to believe it. So he just shoots it and he's like, all right, we're going to have uh, trouble here in a minute. We should go. Yeah. yeah, it's a great moment. It's my choice as well. So we can move on to the next award, which is the Han Shot First Award for what held up the worst since this movie came out. I'll go first. Well, we named the award after the fact that in the original 1977 version, Han just shoots Greedo. Yep. And in the remade version with Lucas changing a bunch of stuff, we have Greedo shoot and then Han shoots him. Mm -hmm. changing the entire coolness of that character. We also get in the Disney Plus version, Greedo saying McClunky for some god-awful reason. 
and it makes no sense. Okay. Did you not notice that? No. Yeah, so if you watch this on Disney+, Plus, right before he fires his gun, he says the word McClunky, which never existed in any other version ever. Hmm. And then all of a sudden in the Disney Plus version, he says McClunky, <laughs> and then shoots at Han, and then Han shoots him. And I hate it. But we named it after that moment because Han not shooting first is what holds up the worst. And I'm going to have to go with that. That's going to have to be my thing. I mean, we named the award after for that reason. Because yeah. it's awful. Mine is the generalization of the special edition that came out afterwards. Everything that he added on makes no sense. Like the CGI on a lot of the creatures in, on Tatooine are god awful. And for some reason, he decided to put them right in front of the camera for like three solid seconds of just like, I'm going to walk in front of the camera so you can't see what's actually happening. Why? Why? One of the best things that ever happened was Disney buying Star Wars and getting it out of the hands of George Lucas so he could stop messing with it. Yeah. I've never seen a creator ruin something so iconic so quickly than I did George Lucas ruining Star Wars in the late 90s and early 2000s. That's fair. J.K. Rowling at least took a while to ruin hers. Yeah, yeah. And she only ruined it because she didn't change anything in Harry Potter. She just as a person sucks. Well, she also kept changing things in the lore. Well, little, little things here and there. Like, oh, Gandalf, not Gandalf. What's his name? <laughs> Dumbledore. Dumbledore's gay now and whatever. And it's just like, okay, well, it doesn't change the story. Yeah. You're just kind of adding things to these characters where Lucas was like, hey, you know that thing you love? Watch me destroy it. True. I will burn it. I will burn it to the ground the with my fire. $4 billion. Yeah. And the last award, as always, is the Paul Rudd Award for what held up the best since this movie came out. What do you got? The music. My favorite thing about this, as always, has been just that score and how it makes me feel every time I hear it. It makes me invested in these characters and this story, and I'm ready to go on this journey again. Yeah, yours, yours is good. The music's good. Mine is the miniatures. Hmm. The actual special effects used. Not the added CGI monstrosities, <laughs> but the actual special effects used still look really good. Like I'm watching these spaceships fly around in space and I'm like, huh, space. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. It's not at all what it sounds like. That's what it looks like. I like it. I thought they still look really good. Yeah. For it being what, 30, 46 years old? Yeah, 46 years old. That's how old this movie is. So for 46 years ago, they used miniatures and I still think they look pretty good. Gotta get my Paul Rudd award. All right, yeah. that's it. Decisions. Yeah. Do you want to go first or sure. should I? I will go first. I I am of two minds. I think as a standalone film, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope does not hold up. As the beginning to a greater franchise, I think it does hold up. And I'm not sure how to reconcile those two thoughts in my head. Mm -hmm. But I will, for the sake of having a definitive answer in this, I will say it does not hold up. All right. I think there's too much negative around this movie that is just funny to look at, poor dialogue, not great acting. There's just so many negatives that I have to say it does not hold up. I was in a similar conundrum as you of as a standalone, it doesn't hold up. As a franchise, it does hold up. And for myself to have a definitive answer... I'm actually going to say it squeaks on the it does hold up spectrum for me. There's enough about this movie to absolutely love to get behind. And it's a simple story told in a fun way that you can still have fun watching this movie. 
All right, that's it. That's all I got. You want anything? say anything else about this movie before we wrap up this episode? I can't wait to watch all the rest of them. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. It's going to be a marathon. It's going to be great. Uh, count me out. <laughs> so that's it for our episode on the Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope from 1977. Come talk to us over on all of our socials by kicking the link in the description and let us know what you think about this movie. Are you a big Star Wars fan? Are you not a big Star Wars fan and think they're garbage? I actually do know people who hate these movies. Well, yeah. I mean, you have the Star Trekkies. Well, I, I like Star Trek, though. I know, but I like there's both. some people that are very one way or the other, and you can't have both. Listen, they both have the word star in the title. Like them both. There you go. There you go. They have so much in common. They both start with the Why word star. Why can't we be friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, please come let us know. Let us know what other movies we should cover. Just let us know what you think about the show in general. And check out our TikTok, our Instagram, and our YouTube page where we post daily fun facts. And we also post new movie reviews over on our YouTube. So if you haven't already subscribed to us over there, make sure you do so that you don't miss any content. In the meantime, guys, be kind to yourselves. Be good to other people. Just be the person Luke Skywalker would be proud of. And keep watching movies. Bye. Bye.